Joshua chapter 1, and in verse um, 9, Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever so you go. Uh, the word dismayed, it actually means to um, and not to have a nervous breakdown by way of um, through fear, having a nervous breakdown through fear, um, having a nervous breakdown through confusion, something's confused your mind, or having a nervous breakdown through violence. And uh, a lot of those three are interconnected, uh, come from a violent upbringing, most likely cause confusion and uncertainty, and it'll also um, bring about a certain fear in your life. And fear, when it's uh, out of control, uh, can give you a very uh, fragile mind. And our world is, um, every day there's always an article about depression, about people having nervous breakdown, and it's a very delicate topic because um, um, when people do suffer from um, mental issues, it can be the result of uh, through violence and they've had their mind damaged or, or accidents that have happened in life. It can be the way they were brought up. It can be as a result of uh, some trauma. Uh, we'll look at it in Deuteronomy later on, but it talks about having nations that are displaced and how that can cause a lot of anxiety to uh, people of that uh, generation or the people of that country. In Europe, after the war, there was a lot of uh, movement of the populace, a lot of uh, refugees, displaced people. There's stories that come out of, um, of Europe and uh, part of the Middle East of some incredible tragic circumstance in people's lives, and it resulted in uh, people having all sorts of problems in their minds and not being able to come at peace with love, with peace, with happiness, with joy, uh, mixed in with guilt and shame, uh, mixed in with unhappiness and bad memories of what had taken place in their life. And here, here the Lord God is saying to us and to the people of Israel at the time, just reading again verse 9, be strong and of good courage, don't be afraid and don't have a nervous breakdown. Don't allow your mind to get out of control. And uh, believe that the Lord can heal your mind. Now, um, if you come and go to a doctor and they say you've got cancer, and they're the specialists, and uh, they can, it can be quite an, an imposing d delivery and, and a frightening concept, because this person is supposed to be a man of great authority, and he's actually telling you in his position of authority, you've got this... Uh, disease that we uh, talk about and read about and hear about and there's pages full of in our papers events and knowledge of people that have had sicknesses and they've passed on and uh, so our mind is instantly impacted on that and what the Lord's saying is don't be dismayed don't take it because you have a great physician who's able to um, heal your body if you want to go to the Lord they say to you for example um, they might say oh you've got five years Ten years, if you like, with treatment, which can be quite um, invasive. They'll give you a, a longer time, shorter time without treatment. If you work it out, the Bible says uh, a thousand years is but a day to the Lord. If you live for a hundred years, there's 2.4 hours of God's time. So when the doctor says to you, I've only got this amount of time. Well, you go to your great physician, God Almighty, and say, Lord, I want 2.4 hours. I want to live to 100. That's the sort of thing. You arrest your mind. 
You claim the victory. You tell the Lord, I arrest my mind and I'm going to put my mind in what you said. Don't be afraid and don't be dismayed, shocked at what's being told to you because the Lord God is telling you he's the great physician. He's the one that knows our body. He put our bodies together. He knows us so perfectly, intricately well of how wonderfully and marvellous we're made. And God is our great physician. He's our doctor. He's the one that we go to. If you've got any mental issues at all, depression, thoughts, that arrest your mind. Now, the world would say sometimes that we might be a little bit um, flippant or a bit um, unsympathetic towards uh, people who have got um, some issues along that line. Uh, I suppose from my credentials, my mother's uh, in psychology, child psychology, and it's my sister. I've come from a, my father was a journalist, and you know, as much as it was a hard life being brought up, there was a certain lot of mental sort of related careers that were in my home. So it wasn't uncommon to be talking about uh, mind, mental issues. And so the, the, I have grown up to have a bit of a, a understanding and a respect for uh, people that have got some, some sort of calamities in their life, both mental and physical. But we've got to be careful that at the first sign of a symptom that we just brand it straight, I've got depression, or I've got cancer, I'm going to die. Um, because that's not how God wants us to think. He wants you to say, arrest your mind. Don't be dismayed. He's actually, he wouldn't tell us. He knows us so well. He makes it quite clear. If we read again, um, don't be dismayed. He's actually instructing us to be that. So how cruel would it be of God who makes it made us so very well and made our minds so beautiful if he instructed us in a certain way, if he full well knew that we were incapable of doing that? He actually saying to you, don't be dismayed. Do not have a nervous breakdown. He's instructing us in that area. Therefore, maybe it's God saying, look, I know you can do it. I know that I can tell you this and I know that you'll embrace what I'm telling you to do not to take this lightly, rather than a God who doesn't understand or a person that may tell you, hey, the Lord can heal you, but you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand the depth by which I'm suffering. And God's saying, yes, I do. I really do. I understand so well about you because I made you, but what I want you to do is look positively to what I'm able to do in your life. And to think positive. As a man thinks so he is in his heart, if you believe that you're going to be sick, if you believe that you're going to die, if you believe that you're never going to be normal, then you're fighting the biggest battle at all, and that's just faith in itself. What we have to believe is that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of God that works within us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. And we can read a whole lot of scriptures. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's some of the scriptures that we can look at this afternoon if we've got time. Let's go to an example in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Uh, anxieties are abounding, people having anxiety attacks, um, crowd control, people are frightened about in crowds, our world. Our people that are in it, we've got 7 billion people on the planet. Um, I had an anxiety attack a few years ago when I was uh, living up in Queensland. And um, I, was, I just was at work one day. I'd, I'd, I'd get up at 6 o'clock and go to work by 6. 
Yeah, the humidity up there, well, I was working for Westfield Design and Construction at the time, and uh, you started, you had long days, but when I was down here, you'd start a little bit later, but up there you started early, but you'd go through to the same time as you would down here, so you're doing 12-hour 12, 12 days. Get home, and uh, we're starting in the north part of the Brisbane Assembly. There was um, 12 people in the area. By the time within the year, we had 45, and nearly every single night, well, every night, there was someone over our house. So you would have, you know, I was only 10 minutes from Strathpine and Chermside, uh, Westfield site, so I'd have a 10 minute drive home and there'd be sort of people for tea or whatever and then you'd be talking about things of the Lord all night and then go to bed and then you'd be up at sort of five-ish and off to work again. So one particular day I'm at work and there's a little computer went funny in my head and I thought, oh, I've got to go home. And uh, by the time I left work to getting home, I, it, it was like I was sliding into this abyss where you feel like you're, you're losing control of your mind and um, you've you're hanging on by a thread into what I felt like. If I'd let go of this thread, I was going to fall into this abyss of uh, a nothingness, you know, and um, heart palpitations and, um, you know, sort of pending thoughts of doom and disaster. And so I got home and um, just prior, and I ended up having eight days off of work. But I rang up my mother because I thought I was a bit... Bit, or, you know, I'm supposed to be a Christian. I'm supposed to have my mind all right. I'm supposed to be this, and I'm supposed to be that. So there's a bit of, you know, condemnation kicked in as well. So um, I rang up my mother. I had some prayer. And I said, "Mummy, no, I didn't really." I just said, "Mum, <laughs> what, what, what happens in those things?" She said, "Well, we're the most furthest removed from cre- from creation than any other generation has ever lived on the planet." You know, depression is the uh, second highest disease on the planet, least funded and the least understood. There's a lot of stigma attached to it, a lot of prejudice, a lot of ignorance and arrogance, etc., etc. Um, but she did say this: "Is that you're left and your right side of your brain? You need to have it stimulate the creative side to counteract any of those sort of heavy thoughts you might be getting. Because you go to work under fluoro lights with your home, and then you get in your car, it's false air conditioning, and you get to your office." So you're outside of creation. And uh, you really got to just get back a bit into creation. And, uh, and that's what I did. So I'd take off my shoes and socks, rub my feet on the grass, you know, and get the stimulant going, and go for walks on the beach. And, you know, it wasn't long before I'd recovered. But I guess the point I was making is that we maybe all of us have had some sort of um, anxiety or some uh, potential depression because of, of nervousness, of, of fear or confusion or through violence, and uh, which is what the Lord was talking about out there in, in, in Joshua. And, uh, and I found by going back to our Creator, that was a good one for me through creation. And uh, the Lord tells us about his wonderful creation. Maybe is this in the simplicity is just getting back to your, your relationship with God via creation if you have to, taking time out to smell the roses, enjoying your life and, and reminding yourself of what the Lord has done for you in your life. Now, again, it might be, but you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand what's happened to me. And again, the answer back to you will be, no, you're right, but the Lord does. The Lord understands very well your life. And he still tells us in Joshua, don't let your mind become that way. There are ways out. My mother who's in the world, 
gave me a while, it was creation. And then it's true, you get in contact with creation, it took my shoes off and rubbed my feet in the grass and you could feel the stimulant on the left side of your brain. Uh, you'd watch the sunsets, you'd smell the flowers. And bit by bit, you're reminded how far removed we are from, from creation in our world today. And uh, we need to spend time with God. We need to enjoy our life, is what the Lord's telling us. And here's a guy here who is in all sorts of problems. In Mark chapter 5, and it says in verse 1, They came over unto the side of the sea, into the country of Gadnerese, and when he was come out of the ship immediately, they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwellings among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had often been bound with fetters and chains, and the chains plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broke in pieces, and neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, uh, Jesus, son of the Most High? Jure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he had said unto Jesus, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, and he said, What is thy name? And he answered, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he brought him, and that was a, uh, that would he not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter uh, into them. Forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down to a steep place into the sea. Uh, there were about 2,000, and they choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it into the city and in the country. And they went out of the see what was done that was done. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and the legion sitting clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. So the impact that the gospel had on this man's life was he was instantly changed and healed by the power of God. Just the one couple of points there, verse 5, he was crying. So he's in emotional torment. Uh, if you imagine, he was cutting himself and beating himself up and just in sheer total depression and anxiety. He's crying his eyes out in just total torment about what he was going through in his life. Uh, swine was a, an animal not to be used by the children of Israel. Those, those swine should never have been on the land. It had come into the land of Israel. It was never to be their part of it. So Jesus tries to get rid of all of it, trying to cleanse the land as well, trying to get creation, his creation, back in tune with God, uh, as well as giving this man his uh, ability to be back in tune with his mind, clothed in his right mind. But people were afraid because they had spent so many years uh, out of tune with God, out of tune with what God was offering, both at the creation level and also at the level of what they're able to do and their inability to change a man's mind. They had tried many, many times and people weren't able to help this guy's life. So for this guy to be instantly healed by the power of God, this uh, description that we read of him, if we saw a man today coming down the road and in torment and or down to the local cemetery at night, 
and there was a reputation of a man in the uh, city, in the cemetery down there in town, the West, West Terrace there, a man uh, screaming and shouting and crying and cutting himself and he'd be taken away uh, to some hospital and treated with some heavy controlled drugs. Back then they didn't have those things. He was in torment and this is, this is live today. And the, the drugs were not available that are available today to pacify a man's mind so they become mindless then we would know about this reputation of this guy. And uh, in an instant of time, this man's life is changed by the power of God. He's instantly healed. His mind is restored. He's clothed. He's, he's back to normal. He's, he's found his life again because what Jesus Christ did for him. And that is the power of God in our life. And just to add to boot, what Jesus said, I'm going to send the swine, which should never have been part of this nation, because it's written in the book of Deuteronomy and Leviticus and Exodus, what God thinks is swine, not to touch it, eat it, and yet they had 2,000 of swine feeding from the land of Israel that he'd given to his children, children of Israel, and he told them how to, to govern the land, how to look after it, how to produce produce from the land, and the people of Israel had moved so far away from God that uh, this was indicative of what was going in society at the same time, as well as being a nation of people under occupation where they were displaced and they had no uh, culture of their own. And they were a total mess, the whole of the people at this time. And then when the power of God revealed itself, to top it off, they were afraid. It's the last thing they should have been, but they were so far removed from what God was doing and what God was prepared to do, that they were fearful of what they saw as a miracle. Uh, in our society, people um, sometimes they get healed from drugs, and their minds are completely restored, and it, it is sometimes the case where people will come back, we preferred you the way you were, because prior to you receiving the Holy Spirit, prior to you having a, um, a wayward life, you didn't impact on our life. There was no justification of God's rule. You, you didn't impact on our life, but you've been healed. And because you've been healed, we've got to acknowledge that. And in acknowledging that you've been healed, we've got to acknowledge that God's real. And in acknowledging that God's real, you're telling me I've got to change. So it's easy to just say, we preferred you the way you were. And, and God issues the challenge. I will heal your body. I will heal your mind and I'll restore your life. And people will have their opinions one way or the other, just as they did here with this guy. He's just a man that was amazingly chained. A miracle, a powerful miracle of a man that no one could control. And yet here he is sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ and uh, completely restored of his life. And good on him for finding life. Good on him that he, that through it all, when you read in verse 7, he cried with a loud voice through the, the haze, through the confusion, through the anxiety of life, through his depression, through his violence, through his inability to see real or light or miracle or power, through uh, any hope that he had of being, living a life normal, through all the confusion of life, the depression thoughts, the anxiety, the pain that he was going through, of living amongst the tombs, the darkness of night, the fear and the anxiety that he had, which he would have. If you and I were at cemetery tonight and were hanging around those tombs, don't tell me you wouldn't get spooked a bit. You'd get very spooked. You'd hear the tree, the branch broke. Oh, it's a ghost. Um, even though we don't believe in ghosts as such, but you'd still be thinking it's a ghost. 
It's just our, our, the way that our mind works. Darkness of the night was uh, was there as well and uh, completely ostracised by, by the people at the time. And yet, it's just an amazing miracle. Maybe it's you today. Maybe no one has ever understood you at all. And you've tried to explain yourself. And the more you try to explain yourself, maybe it just seems the less people understand of you because of what you're going through. But through it all, the miracle for you is this one, verse 7. He cried with a loud voice and he says, What am I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High? He recognised the power of Jesus Christ in, 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 that, in the man Jesus. He recognised what Jesus could do. And um, God wants you to know that he can heal your body and set you free. Let's go to um, Lamentations of Jeremiah. Lamentations of Jeremiah. Lamentations of Jeremiah. Verse 14 of chapter 3. I was a derision to all my people and their song all the day. The seat of my, we're talking about there, it says the seat of my affections and desires. I feel like a broken man, it talks about. I feel like a man who doesn't recognise God working in my life. I feel like a man who, I'm against my many failures. I feel like a man that waiting for something terrible or traumatic to happen in my life where it's going to expose my weaknesses further. I feel like a man that is so far removed from God that he will never, ever be able to restore me and give me life. That's what it's saying there. He has filled me with bitterness, verse 15. He has made me drunken with wormwood, which is a bitter herb. He has also broken my teeth with gravel stones. And it covered me with ashes. Remember that happening, one of those bachelor days of, um, there was a, a butts night. We had some terrible butts nights when I first came along to the Lord. And um, you would arrive and there's no supper, no drinks, just an empty table. And um, a couple of brothers who were still with us at the moment went outside and made a mud cake but it was full of uh, gravel from the um, garden. And uh, they came running in on the off-ball trays. Oh, we got some mud cake. In went the hand. <laughs> gravel. You ever uh, bitten into gravel stone? Terrible. He has covered me with ashes. He has removed my soul far off from peace. You see, felt so far removed from peace. Because someone's told you who's supposed to be professional, oh, you've got a sickness. So at night, you lie there wondering why. At the night, you might lie there wondering what's going to happen, what's going to happen to my uh, loved ones, what's going to happen to me. What have I done to deserve this? Are there things that I want to do? And uh, things in places that I want to see, why is my mind being attacked the way it is? Like I never ever feel normal, I'm taking drugs. I don't feel like I even want to take these drugs, but it's just my life's just not working at the moment. And, and he's saying here, 
soul so far removed from peace. In verse 18, I said to my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering my affliction and my misery and the wormwood of thy gall, and my soul hath put them, my soul hath instilled in remembrance and is humbled in me. Now, it might seem, I hope it doesn't seem like a negative talk, but we're dealing with the mind. We are dealing with a generation of people that are the furthest removed from having a normal mind than any other people on the planet. We're dealing with real issues in people's minds. We're dealing with the depression at a, at a rapid rate of knots. We're dealing with anxiety. We're dealing with fear. We're dealing with violence. We're dealing with displaced people. We're dealing with people who no longer identify what culture they're from, what generation they're from, who they are, where they are, and what they're going to achieve in life. Our nations, our world is full to brim of people that are suffering in this way. And uh, sometimes we get people that come along to the Lord and they continue in that same problem as they're getting their victories. And maybe we have some offsets and pitfalls that come through our life and we have a few setbacks along the way as well. And uh, we can fall into these traps ourselves. So I, want, I'm, I guess I'm just saying, right, we've painted the picture very clearly. But then one, verse 21, Jeremiah says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him and to the soul that seeks him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. And when Jeremiah put his mind on that, that God was going to look after his life, that God really did know him, he did care about him, that God really had an interest in what Jeremiah was going through. His uh, soul and his heart was filled with instant, it's going to be okay, it'll be well with my soul. Let's go to Philippians in chapter uh, 4. Just the last of the last scripture. Philippians in chapter 4. Maybe just a, a helper along the way. Where we can help ourselves. And uh, one time when I was in London, there was a story of a guy who was standing on a bridge. And he was just about to kill himself. We had an outreach. He was about to jump over the, the, the edge. And um, a couple of saints were walking by. I think Ryan Allen might have been one of them. And uh, this guy was in his late 50s. His marriage had broken up. And um, he was standing on top of the railing, ready to jump. And... Um, they were outreaching and then they ended up talking to him about the gospel. And um, he's still alive today. He got baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, so our job is to keep ourselves tuned in with God. Our job is to, we've got the Holy Spirit. Um, we need to lean on that. We need to remember that we've got it because it's easy to forget that we've got the Holy Spirit in our life. It's easy to just not go through the day and, and necessarily think about the Lord and the Holy Spirit in the person's life. Because that is the key to our future victories. And we can go, sometimes at work, we can get caught up in the day, you go your whole entire day and not have a, a hardly a thought about what God is in your life. And if you go to day two and day three, and sometimes you can get consumed in your studies, and uh, sometimes even with what you're going through, what you're trying to achieve in your life, that we can actually forget the power of the Holy Ghost in our life. 
And maybe some of the keys are to remembering what the Holy Ghost is to us is in verse 7 or verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding should keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, honest, let's quickly go through the list, just, pure, lovely, of a good report, to be any virtue, to be any praise, think on these things. And those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Maybe for us the key would be to, when we're at home, in our castle, that we have this scripture mounted on the wall, uh, things go wrong in our day, things go wrong in our fellowship. People say things, do things to, to offend us or hurt us, and maybe we just got to say no. Whatever things are true, if someone rings, I've heard the latest. Hang on a second, what you're about to tell me, I need to know if it falls into this category. Of if, it's, if it's true and honest and pure and just and lovely and of a good report, yeah, carry on, keep talking. But if it's not, I don't want to hear it. And at work, maybe we need to have it mounted on our desk so that because we're dealing with issues, people's money and circumstances and all that, maybe we need to remind ourselves at lunchtime, at recess, middle of the afternoon, to give our minds back to the Lord uh, so that we can have some sort of hope in our life. Because the moment the Holy Ghost becomes second or takes second place in our mind, very quickly the world moves in and the world wants to control our minds. No doubt about it. And the world has no faith. It has no belief mechanism. It doesn't believe that you can be healed by the power of God. It doesn't believe you can be restored. The world will tell you you can never get better. Alcohol, bad luck. You're an alcohol to the, alcoholic to the day you die. Alcoholics Anonymous. You can never be cured. But the Holy Ghost will tell you you can be healed and set free by the power of the Holy Ghost in, in your life. We need the Holy Ghost. We need it to keep our minds right. And as we get older, who wants to go into old age without the Holy Ghost? Is to, to live your life and then to get to a certain 80 or 90 and think, well, this is it, my life. And, um, and the Holy Ghost isn't in, in that person's life. Go to hospitals a lot and, um, you know, to visit some of the saints, etc. And it just, I walk away, um, you just get amazed by the comfort of the Holy Ghost in a, in a brother or sister's life, what they go through. You just see the Holy Ghost comforting that individual. And, but also you see, boy, I would hate to go through these things without the Holy Spirit in my life. And, you know, we've got the comfort of the Holy Spirit in our life. And when we just really take hold of what God has got for us, what he wants to do for us, and he wants to heal our bodies and our minds and our soul, uh, like Jeremiah, we're filled to overflowing by the comfort of the Holy Ghost. When At one moment, he was describing his bitterness of life to, uh, wow, I've got God, I've been restored. And we've got a big challenge out there in this world. We've got millions of people that need us to understand this delicate topic of... Um, 
depression and anxieties and mind activities that go through the go wall. And I suppose in, in the same way that if you've got a sore ankle and your mind says, oh, oh I've got cancer, I'm going to have to have my leg amputated, would say, hang on a minute, your mind's going a bit ahead of itself here. Well, maybe with uh, some of our, our mental issues, maybe we need to approach it the same way. That if we are having a bit of a, a just a bad day, then recognise that and we call upon the Holy Spirit to give us that peace. But if we go to the doctor, oh, you're getting depression, here's some tablets, and you go down a, a laneway where I don't know if there's a good recovery. And certainly we have our professions that help us and guide us through these things and give us our positive affirmations and and restore our minds and, 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 and take us back to areas of our life where we once were damaged and they try and rectify it and, it and it does well. We have that. There's no problems there. But of it all, the Holy Spirit is telling us from the time of Joshua when they moved into the land of Israel to this day, don't have a nervous breakdown. You've got the Holy Spirit. Fight it. Take control. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. You want to, that's how we get our victories. When we get healed, we take it on board and we, we take the challenge. Is it raw? No. Um, from drugs, and the whole, yeah, get some, your mind goes crazy on drugs. And you come to the Lord and, and just after I came along the Lord, you get these weird things that go on your mind because you get this psychedelic sort of thinkings in your head and you, you, your subconscious mind is opened up to whole areas of life that doors should remain shut. But through the drugs, there's all these subconscious parts of your mind that are opened up. And uh, you can get lost down some of those tunnels. And when I came to the Lord, complete mind was free. And then occasionally thereafter, you could sense you had your little telltale signs that were coming back. And I got told when that happens, you hit your knees. And you say, no, no. And uh, so I did. I get, you sense coming back, no, Lord, no. Unacceptable. I'm the head, not the tail. No way, Lord. I refuse to accept this. This is not good enough, Lord, with all respect. That's what we do. And our minds are restored. Our bodies are cleansed. Our hearts are delivered. And that is the beautiful salvation that we live in. And all the people said, Amen.